Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This story has to start with Reverend Giddy, a large, feverishly committed man. He works primarily in Peter Maritzburg, a small city about an hour away from Durban in South Africa. Hi, how are you? Very good. Good, good, good. What's going on? Stuck with the stuff meeting. Ah, okay. Yeah, it happens I have arrived right in the middle of Giddy's Monday morning staff meeting, but he is generous and warm. I get led upstairs and into the meeting and introduced to the team. Now, these people work for violence mediation for KZNCC, the KwaZulu Natal Christian Council. Hey, hello, I'm here to do a story on assassinations in KZN, I say. That's the headline. But to be honest, with almost 1,500 assassinations across the country reported since the year 2000, now, that's a lot of assassinations, and most of them in this province. I'm not sure where to start. But I sit politely in the meeting and listen. Um, on the case of a young man who was killed during elections in um, 2016. I realise quickly that this isn't an ordinary staff meeting. They are talking respectfully, but repeatedly, about killings. Those of local politicians, those of taxi drivers. And then Giddy slides into a phenomenon that I've never heard of before. And then we're meeting the principal of one of the schools to look at the killings of principals. The assassination of school teachers. It's a while back, but still relevant in the context of killings. And in this instance, if I'm hearing Giddy correctly, they are talking about a case of a female teacher who was killed while teaching a class. This is so shocking to me. Giddy's wife, I know, is a school teacher. It appeared that uh, it's something that has a history where uh, they hit men, so they hit women, but they are actually hired to assassinate uh, teachers. I am so taken aback that I have to ask Giddy later to clarify. And yes, he says, the teacher Priscilla was gunned down in front of 30 students, mid-sentence, while teaching, by two men, over a year ago, no arrests. We didn't expect it. We thought hey, it was going to be a good day, as it always has been with the teacher. So when they shot her in front of us, uh, something changed. Sia Bekwa is wearing baggy tracksuit pants and lives with his parents. I am sitting on a plastic-covered couch in their clean and spacious lounge. The case that Reverend Giddy introduced me to in the Monday staff meeting, the assassination of Priscilla Mthunu, 
has led me here. Priscilla was Sia's history teacher and acting principal at Laduma High. She was gunned down by two men with an astonishing 19 bullets in front of the whole class. And the young adult, Sia, has stood up to act out the assassination for me, like some sort of school play. So, this, so they shot her once? She was, turning, she was facing us like this. They started to shoot her. From she, the side? From the side. She yeah. turned around, and then they shot her, and then she died. And how many times did they get a shot in her? Huh. Too many bullets. Because they shot her, shot her, shot her, she fell down. They left, came back, and shot her again, and then left. Jeez. I meet Sia in early 2018. He is recently out of school. He passed, but he is disappointed with his marks. In this area, 18,000 people can vote and 60% of those people are under 30. Sia is no longer in school, but he still obsesses about how the murder happened a year earlier in March 2017. Can you describe where we are in relation to the school? It's like a five minutes walk. You can almost see it from here. Yeah. So yeah. It would take me like three minutes to get to school if I walk fast. <laughs> <laughs> so that was convenient while you were going to Laduma yeah. to be able to walk to school every day. Yeah, so I can even attend after school and do everything I want to do. And easy to get there on a Saturday as well. Yes. The reason why I asked here about getting to the school on a Saturday is because that's when the assassination happened. Priscilla was teaching extra history lessons to her matric class. Oh, it wasn't like they were killing a human, but it was like maybe they were shooting an animal. Sia is unemployed and has been preoccupied with the details of the murder, running it over in his mind again and again. Did you go up to the body then? Close to the body, even touched her. Mm. Even touched her face. What was the, what, what temperature was her face? It was hot the time hot. I touched her. It was hot. And then when I came back, she was cold. She was I ask Sia if I can use the toilet and he says it is being renovated and I just have to go up against the wall outside. I stand next to a bush against the brick wall. We are up on the hill and I have a view of the whole area. I can see cows in the untarred streets and a wide mixture of house sizes, some not bigger than sheds. Mpumuza is a poor semi-rural district in Pietermaritzburg in KwaZulu-Natal in South Africa. I can also see, as Sia described, Luduma High, where Priscilla worked and was brutally assassinated. It's just down the road and to the left. Welcome to Series 2 of Alibi. The story we are telling this time is called Laduma High. I'm Paul McNally. We are going to spend six episodes investigating the assassination of Priscilla Mnunu, Sia's former teacher. 
From talking to Sia, he has plenty of suspicions around who conducted the hit, a number of suspects, and some of them are close by. What's fascinating is how assassinations have become a growth industry in the province of KwaZulu-Natal. They have become a mechanism to solve problems, be they financial, political, work-based or romantic. When you are ordering hits on high school teachers, anyone and everyone with a little power is in danger. Before we visit the school itself and return to Sia, I go and visit another student who was there on the day of the shooting. I drive past Laduma and go a few meters down the hill. I drive past a couple of goats up a grass driveway and meet a girl called Zandile. Hello. Hello. Hi, I'm Paul. I'm Zandile. Nice to meet you. The school told me to talk to Zandile, who is 19 years old, and I'm here to gather as much information from her on Priscilla and the day of the killing as I can. Wherever, wherever you come to. She stares off into the middle distance and with little prompting, starts recalling the murder. Two men come with a white car and they do it, they do it twice until, until ma'am slept down. And then these, these two men, they ran and were starting crying and spread all, all, all over the school and shouting that this, the, the two men we should take, we should take missing Kun. And then we're trying to wake, to, to wake her up and she didn't wake up. Did you go and try and shake her to wake her up? Yes. Trying to do that and wake up ma'am, wake up ma'am. And she didn't respond and she was dead. And and we try to call to call the teacher of the school, and the teacher said he he was busy. He was busy at the town. And then we try to call another teacher, and another teacher came came fast. And then we called the police, and the police came. I'm so sorry. How has things changed? for you since it happened? When, when I'm asleep, her face, her face is not disappeared, it's calm. When I sleep at the night, it's calm and, and thinking for that day, it's, oh, I never forget, it didn't match. That's when Priscilla was killed, the 18th of March, 2017. And I'm here visiting Laduma for the first time over a year later. Sandile failed three subjects in matric, maths, geography, and life sciences, and so has to repeat them, which means she has to return to Laduma now, every day, even sitting in the same class as where the murder happened. And I will see the mark of the bullets in the classroom, and the memories come. Mm. Oh, in this class... In this class, something something happened, and it's just like I will feel crying, crying. In class? Yeah. Yeah. So I just hold myself and wipe the tears. Yeah. I'm so sorry. 
What about the other children, the other students? What did they think? If um, if I'm working with someone and I will tell, hey, that did you did you smell the smell of the smoke? And then respond, yes, it is. When I go to the road and smell, smell the smoke of the gun. People burn tyres in South Africa on the side of the road in times of protest, and the smoke is black and suffocating. But it smells like the smoke of the gun. So if you go outside Mm. and you smell tyre or or something, it reminds you of the gun. Mm. And friends just say, forget about it. It's past. Friends who weren't there. Yeah. Forget about it. No. And, and the memories, are they good memories? Are they memories of, 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 you know, of good times with her? No, it's the memories when these two boys should say. Right. Yeah. Just like repeating. Yeah. It's like repeating and... And listen to that sound of the gun. Sandile keeps the newspaper article from Priscilla's death close at hand. She gets it out for me. And it looks like she's handled and read it hundreds of times. I still have it, the newspaper. Then she wrote about her. How often do you, do you get it out to read it? I, I keep it because... Someday I take it and read it, the story, and when I miss her, I just take it, those paper and read it, and read it again and again and again, and put it into the drawer. This might seem like a strange question, but if you want to try and forget about it, why does it help to read the newspaper article? Because doesn't that remind you more? Because especially because the newspaper article is about the death. It's not about her life. I read it when I miss Mrs. Nkunu. And on those papers, they wrote good things about her. Mm. And I just read about good things about her and just remind myself that if she was alive in my school, she would change things at the school. Shame you're hurting your nails there. Is that is that when you feel sad, like pushing your nails? Yeah. Are you still dreaming about her? Yes. What happens in When the... I'm sitting here alone mm. and just watching TV and then the memories come, come. So it's difficult to forget about it. The school arranged counselling for the students, but Sandile doesn't think that it really helped. Jeez, I wish I could help you. You will help me. I wish I could. Okay. 
BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I'm Chris Hahn, the Aggressive Progressive. Check out a new episode of the Aggressive Progressive podcast every Tuesday. You know, the election is heating up just as the year is winding down. Stick with me. I'll tell you the truth as I see it. Download the Aggressive Progressive on Pandora or wherever you get your podcasts. Priscilla was 54 when she was killed. She lived in a home with her two children, mother and brother. She was surrounded by people that she loved. I spoke to one of Priscilla's childhood friends who didn't want to be named about the kind of place they grew up in, Subantu, just outside of Pietermaritzburg, about 15 kilometers from Laduma. The dusty roads with a number of children playing almost every day. And because of the system in which we grew up, they were, they, we used to, uh, to get fetch water from the tap, which was outside, which means that five families or six will go and fetch water from the same tap. So automatically, we have a chance of engaging almost every day. Priscilla taught at Laduma for 20 years. It's time to visit the place for myself. When I arrive at Laduma High, classes are about to start for the day. The rooms are red brick, large and long, with randomly broken windows and packed with yelling children. I want to speak to someone in authority here to find out what happened. Hi, I'm just looking for the principal. Yeah. Priscilla was Laduma's acting principal when she was assassinated. She was replaced by a man who fled the job after just a few months. And he went to Georgetown High School. I imagine because he feared that he would be killed next. Though I'm eager to track him down to find out his real reasons. If I manage to track him down, this guy who replaced Priscilla and then fled to Georgetown High School will definitely be speaking to him in a later episode. After the man who fled to Georgetown, the Duma got Peter Masakane as principal. That's the man I'm meeting today. Oh, thanks. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? My name is Peter. Peter, very, very good to see you. Principal of the school. So I just, I, I don't know how much he explained to you, but... Um, uh, you said you were coming because, uh, in fact, you were touched by the story. Yeah. So... We're going to come and discuss whether... He's talking about Reverend Giddy from KZNCC, who we met at the start of this episode and who set up this meeting. But we don't give interviews, huh? Oh, but we're here to do, I'm here to do an interview. With me? Yeah. 
I may ask because we have to get the permission from the department. Yeah. In that regard, yeah. Because our daughter was recently employed here. You you were what? Recently employed. Recently Well, maybe we could. We, yeah. Okay. Yeah, if so I can get someone who has been there, who was there when the whole thing happened and all okay, that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Maybe she can give you a better. Okay. She here today. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, great. Yeah, great. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Principal Masakane says he isn't allowed to talk about Priscilla's death, but he certainly wants me to look into the case, which makes me curious. He sends me off with an assistant to visit a member of the school governing body, or SGB, to gather more information. The school governing body, or SGB, is a group of parents, educators, non-teaching staff, and learners who work together to promote the well-being of the school. They also have a hand in appointing the school staff. What I'm most disturbed about is that in over a year, there hasn't been a single arrest. Where are the ward councillors? Where are the unions? How deep have the police investigated this case? And how can the students find some sort of closure? I think of Sia and Zendile and how they both tell the story of the murder very differently. But both have clearly been terribly affected. I get led by the school assistant out of the school and down the road. We're heading to the person the principal said I should talk to. So who are we going to go see now? Um, some mother. Pardon? Someone who's working for those children. I'm introduced to Tandy Bandra, who serves on the school governing body. She has a large childlike face and is wearing a bright red dress. She won't talk until the assistant has been sent away and is out of earshot. Why did you ask her to leave then? Someone that works at the school? No, I, uh, I asked her to, to leave because we, we are, as a governing body, we are afraid. She doesn't want to tell me why she is suspicious of the people at the school, why this is somehow linked to the assassination. Not yet, anyway. Tandy's daughter, Wendy, was in the class at the time of the killing and immediately came to her mother to tell her what had happened. Okay, and then you arrived at the body. And what did you see? Can you describe the scene to me? Mm. When I came there, I was amazed. The dress was there on top. We tried to... Oh, I see. Yes. So you arrived, and yes. her her dress was yes. was pulled up. Yes. So you and because the policeman was there, you tried to pull the dress and down. It, okay. And the policeman said, "Go out. We can. We go out." So you tried to sort of protect her dignity. Yes. yes. Yeah. Tandy, as a member of the school governing body, was given a say over if Priscilla got her job at Laduma. When you interviewed her. Did you think she was a good teacher, a good candidate? Oh, she's a, oh, she was a good teacher. She, mm. was, she was a very good teacher, a mm. very good teacher, a very good teacher. Mm. And for us, and for the community, for the community. Tandy eventually tells me that the school governing body was convinced that the hit was ordered from someone inside the school, one of the teachers... So one of the teachers ordered the hit. Tandy tells me that they were so convinced of the person ordering the hit, being a teacher from Laduma, that they prevented any of the existing teachers from applying for Priscilla's old job. 
And this was to send a message that you couldn't assassinate your way into being the principal. You couldn't murder your way up the ladder. It is at this point that I know I need to drop everything and pursue this case. I live in Johannesburg, but I can see at this moment that I'm going to be visiting Peter Maritzburg plenty of times in my future. So the school governing body disallowed anyone from applying for the post who was already working at Laduma, which indicates that one, Priscilla was killed for her job because she was acting principal, and two, the prime suspects were still teaching kids and living their lives at Laduma High. It is through Tandy that I meet Sia, the teenager who watched the killing up close. And he was actually sitting right next to his girlfriend in class when the murder happened. They witnessed it together. She was crying, I was holding her, everything. Were you okay. dating then? We were dating then. It was our two year. Now it's our dead year. Now she says she want to get married, so... Cool, cool, man. But I don't have money to marry. I have money just to buy her a ring, just to promise her, okay, I'm going to marry you. Yeah. So Did you give her the ring? I gave her a ring on Valentine's Day. Now I got Nice, like, man. I have to save, save, save. To so so she was sitting right next to you when it, when the shooting happened? Yeah. But she hates talking about it. And if we talk about what happened to ma'am, I have to bring like a pack of twin savers. Because she's going to cry hard, 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 hard. After what happened to me, we broke up. Really? Really. I remember the day of my things, and we broke up. You broke up on that day, or no? No, after the after situation, we broke up. She said she doesn't trust any man. She just want to be alone. After what she saw, what men can do to women. Okay, well, I'm no harm to you. She said, no, no, no. It's not that, but Jeez. try to understand. Right now, I hate you. That is a tough breakup. Oh wow. no, she like the tears are dropping. I said, okay, fine, no problem. Until she came back and said, no, I said, yeah, okay, fine. Ma'am, what happened to me was really, was really hurting me. I had to have my own space to heal. I said, oh, no problem if you say so. It is inspiring to find a young guy like Sia who is determined to solve Priscilla's case no matter what. His investigation is a story that I want to tell. And because of what he's been through, it feels like he isn't going to rest until he finds the assassin and the person, more importantly, who ordered the kill. I really don't want to say this, but I'll say it. This is what happened. My teacher was called. My father was involved in this case. And my, father, my father is a detective now. So I used, they used to give me some documents here to see and identify people. So this is what happened. Your dad's a detective for the police? Yes. This is a huge revelation. The father's name is Dumasani. He isn't on the case officially, but he's been working in the margins with his son. They've been bonding and gathering evidence together. The question is, how far are they willing to go? So I'm always, like now I have turned to a detective. Since I saw her dad, I'm always trying to figure out what happened, who killed her, why they killed her. Why in front of us? So since that day, I'm always asking things, suspicious mm. of my teachers, always asking them, and I ask straight. So we have a father and son team, one a police officer, and the other a witness working on the case, looking for an assassin in a part of the country where simply by investigating a case, you can make yourself a target. 
I have to wonder what Dumasani's colleagues think about him working on this case, kind of infringing on their turf. But I'll have to wait for an answer, hopefully when I speak to him in a later episode. Reverend Giddy tells me that if I want to gather more info, I need to speak to Vanessa Berger. She has been living, writing and mourning the deaths of those assassinated for almost 10 years. I want to understand more on how assassinations have become a way to solve problems on a mass scale. Priscilla's case is a tragic yet digestible example, while what Vanessa has been dealing with is a full-on bloodbath. I would describe in more detail where Vanessa lives, but she doesn't want people to be able to piece together her exact address, so I'll keep it vague. There are plenty of people, she says, who would like to see her killed. I watch my back continually when I drive my eyes in the rearview mirror more than they are in the front. (laughs) Um, I don't take calls unless I know who's calling me. When I was staying in my old house, I never answered the door if I didn't know there was somebody coming. Mm. Um, I don't like walking across open areas anymore. Um, I tend to hug the wall. (laughs) No, it's ridiculous. She has a cascade of blonde hair, which she ties up and lets down periodically as she speaks. She is friendly and self-deprecating. She smokes constantly, and when she isn't, you get the feeling that she is strategizing for when she'll smoke next. I never switch my phone off. I will sleep with it under my pillow, you know, waiting for the call to come. And invariably, yes, it would come. Often, you know, you'd get a call, oh, this person's now being killed, that person's now being killed. In the end, you don't even want to hear your phone ring mm. because you know it's, another, it's more bad news. Vanessa is the primary writer and activist working on the phenomenon of Glebeland's Hostel. That's a selection of housing blocks outside of Durban. It used to be migrant housing, but now it's where about 20,000 people live, sleep, raise their families. There's washing hanging from every available ledge. It's also where over 100 people in the last five years have been systematically executed by hitmen. A hundred. Well, we were losing at least one person every two weeks. Uh, 2015 was appalling. It was, it was just a massacre. You know, people were dying and dying. Those that openly opposed the ward councillor at Cleveland's were assassinated one by one. Systematic targeted slaughter of certain individuals. Mm. And most of those individuals, were, their names were on a list attached to a memorandum that was handed over Uh, to the municipality and the police during protests in 2014, in July 2014. It seemed like the memorandum was considered a threat by the local ward councillor, like it was an attack on his power. And it may have been a coincidence, but after that, assassins removed everyone who was on that list, everyone who had opposed him. And that list of names 
if you ask anyone, including the police, including the municipality, where are those people now? Most importantly, Cleveland's is where the assassins and the assassinated live together in cramped hostel rooms, just a couple of dozen meters from each other. So for those being targeted, there's no escape. I don't relate anymore to sort of normal people's discussions. Um, it's very hard to have a conversation about, um, you know, going out to dinner or seeing a movie or something when you know that these people who are living uh, in daily threat of their lives. It is very likely that the assassin that killed Priscilla came from a place like Cleveland's. So it was incredibly frustrating and, and, and tiring and stressful and upsetting. I mean, that um, thing when someone's being killed every two weeks, I mean, what, I mean, I can't even begin to imagine what that must be like in terms of um, how people, how traumatized people that are living there must go through. I mean, oh, what is it? It's terrible. Um, you know, it was just trauma on top of trauma on top of trauma. I am terrified to visit Cleveland's. But if I can muster the courage, we're going to go there in a later episode. It's really important to understand the situation of assassinations as a whole and dig deeper into how to find an actual assassin. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Are you in search of deeper meaning in your life? Longing to manifest your true desires and unlock your full potential? Look no further than Portal Mystico Podcast, your gateway to treasure trove of transformative tools, enlightening interviews, and enriching content. I'm your host, Elena Maggio, and it's my heartfelt desire to guide you on this extraordinary journey of self-discovery. And with every episode, I'm passionate about sharing and introducing you to new topics in self-development, metaphysics, astrology, the law of attraction, numerology, interviews that will eliminate your path and fuel your own personal growth. This podcast is your wellspring of inspiration dedicated to help you uncover your purpose with unwavering passion. Together, we'll dive deep into the fascinating topics and explore endless possibilities. Listen to Portal Mystico on Pandora, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite platform. I go back and talk more with Sia at his house. We're becoming closer. I like him. I feel that he's unafraid of how people see him and yet is always wanting to prove something. Candy from the school governing body accompanies me. The three of us sit in the same immaculate lounge. You have to wear a uniform in matric. 
Yes. And what is it, that yellow? I think I saw it. It's yellow, right? Yellow, yellow shirt. shirt. Uh, black tie. And the gray. And gray. The white jersey. White jersey, that's right. Yes. No blazer. No. No. Yeah, we got our blazer, but uh, it's not like you have to. What something. color is the blazer? Uh, it's black. Black. Yeah, okay. with Grave. the school badge. Yeah. What is the badge? So what's the badge? What's it a picture of? It's task books. It's books. Books. Yeah, <laughs> on top of the book, there's a thing. See, when you graduate, there are hats. Oh, uh, one of those hats. Yeah, yeah, and then the slogan says, they were saying, say, uh, pray and work. Pray and work. Yeah. But I think it's only pray, cause work. I as <laughs> you give there, Brahmins will say pray and relax. That's cause that's what they do. They pray and relax. After assembly, they relaxed. This feeds into a notion that comes up repeatedly with Sia and Tandy, and we will explore it more in a later episode. That the teachers at Laduma historically don't do their work. I used to go seven o'clock to school. I only get the seven o'clock lesson. And then from from eight till break time, three lessons supposed to be supposed to be learning. No teacher, just sitting, metric. After break, I come back, three lessons, no teacher, metric. Where's the teacher's staff room? But Priscilla forced them to, and this caused tension. When my teacher still alive, we even asked children, so I have one now. Things are changing now. We're starting to learn now. We're starting to work hard now. We are born now. Even me, I had that thing. We born now. I'm working hard. No more doing things that are not good. I'm working hard. My teacher is serious about it. She called me and said, You know what? I want to make the school a better school. So it's going to start with your metrics. You must, if you see a children outside, tell that person to go to class. If the teacher's not to class, come to me and tell me. You must study hard. Are we all excited saying, Okay, now we're working hard? Mem is serious. After she died, back to square one, back to square one. In matric, you come and sit like this the whole day, no teach. This topic of the teachers not doing their jobs properly leads into something much darker. It actually shakes a confession from Sia. My father believed she was killed by three people. Right, the three people that you've had a problem with. Yes, and some members of the SPG, the government body. Mm. knew about this. Do you, do you say yes? This is Tandy from the school governing body who is agreeing. <laughs> knew about this. That's what we believe in my father. Knew about this. He says that him and his father suspect three teachers who are still at the school and they think they were involved in ordering the hit. And then suddenly Tandy walks outside and sees something that upsets her. Okay, it's looking. You who you? Hmm? She's there by the post office. What? Who is? She's our dead teacher you're talking about. She's looking now. There she is. That's all. There she is. There by the truck. Yeah, but it must be a coincidence. Nah. I don't believe that. <laughs> it can't be a coincidence. She, she knew. So where is she? There's she. You see, now she's asking. Oh, she heard that you, you came to my home. She know my home. She's, she's looking what, what happened. No, ma'am. Where, where? I can't see. She had the car. I had advanced. 
go to her house. Shouldn't she be teaching? Like I said, she won't do that. I saw her coming out from our school. While in Sia's driveway, we are up on a hill and have a good vantage point to watch the red Toyota Avanza snake around the location, methodically visiting where I have been that day. At this point, I should mention we are changing the names of the three teachers that Sia and his father suspect of ordering the hit. This decision was not made lightly, and it's to protect people, including me. The teacher following me, we will call Miss Gabella. Oh, she can't go to my house because she, she hates me. She hates you? Yes. Why does she hate you? Uh, as I'm SGP, she wants she want everything to do by force. Everything she says, she wants that thing to be done her way. If you are against her, trouble will come yes. your way. I mean, if I'm against her, she, tries, she said she can get you kicked out of school. She can get you a spirit out of school. She can get you even killed because a gun and knife and a cow that can hit you. That's what she said, straight to my face. And I told my father, I told my grandfather this. You see now, it's not their car accident. She knows what she's doing. She thinks, we, used to, we call her a spy. That's what we call her. She thinks she's too clever for everyone. Look, it's going to school. Yes. There by the school, it's going yes, to turn. Yes, there turning, going yes. to school inside yes. the school. Mm. She turned on top. Yeah. She turned on top. Uh, I think she's shaking. She, she knows my home. She's shaking. You are at home or where you are? She's checking for you? You. Oh, she's you. shaking you. Not me. She's shaking you. She's scared of what you're doing. What you're going to find out. She's just checking. Now she knows. It's okay. You're with me. And she knows I'm going to say things. Yeah, okay. If she knows I'm with you, that's bad. Yeah. It's bad for me. Tandy is trying to piece together how word has spread. She pinpoints it to the assistant who walked me to her house, the one she was suspicious of. And they're all coming back to report to her. Like, she's, uh, like I'm saying, she got them control. She's controlling everybody there. They're all going to report to her. Mm. So they are here. Now she just came to check if they're really there. She saw you are not here. She went up there. Now she knew it's okay. You are here with me. I'm not scared of that at all. You can kill me if you want to. I'm not scared of you, man. man. After she told me that, after she threatened me at all, then you can kill me if you want to. Then I don't want her to kill me. (laughs) (laughs) To be honest. I mean, you know. Yeah. If I'm gonna be really honest, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not in it to get shot by a pitman from a disgruntled high school teacher. Sia says that the teacher in the red Avanza is one of the teachers that him and his father suspected of ordering the hit. There are three teachers he is suspicious of for different reasons. All of them are still working at the school, and all of them would have had the same motive to take Priscilla's job as principal. I'm skeptical at first, but by watching the Avanza drive around the location, looking for me, their intentions suddenly feel incredibly real and serious. This father and son team have clearly uncovered something. 
Be careful, no. You're going back at school? Uh, no. Okay. Be careful and uh, and be careful, really. Because you see now, she's panicking. See, I'm going to ask my friends. My friends are there in school. They're going to tell me. Let's see, I'll ask them, how was she? Oh yeah. Okay. They're gonna tell me how was she did today. She's panicking, just up and down. And when she's panicking, we I know her. She'll take this lower one. She's doing What she she what? She chewed this but when she's she chews her bottom lip. Yeah, when she's in trouble. So she's stressed, she's panicking. Even now I'm telling you, maybe she's sitting down biting it. Cause she knows that I'm gonna say everything. Priscilla's killing was unusual, staggering. I wondered how this had come to be, so I went to see one man who would know. Richard Pithouse is an associate professor at Weiser and the editor of New Frame. He has documented this type of violence for a good chunk of his career. And I ask him how I can untangle evidence from rumours in this type of environment. When people are scared and things like assassinations are happening, rumours run rampant. So you have to be very careful. You can't accept that every rumor that crosses your radar is correct. Um, People get paranoid and all kinds of things are said. You have to have a very strict commitment to to evidence before you formulate a credible opinion. But having said that, in most cases that I'm aware of, people have known who's responsible. Mm. And there has been... lack of a willingness to, to prosecute that seriously. Though it's not absolute, says Pedals, it is possible with extreme effort to get a conviction on an assassination case. I mean, there was a conviction, uh, was it last year, of two ward councillors who had conspired to have a local activist assassinated in a place called Kwanengezi outside Durban. Yeah. And... Those two ANC ward councillors are now sitting in a high-security prison in Kokstadt. That happened, though, because people in that community were very well organised. They were organised through two different organisations that kind of came together to contest political murder there. Um, One of them is the South African Communist Party, which often has an organised presence on the ground in different parts of, of Durban. And the other is uh, movements mostly of shack dwellers called Abaklali Basim Jandolo, which is very well organized across the city. So the system isn't impenetrable. Mm. But in most cases, people aren't organized like that. Yeah. So you don't get a conviction. And there is tacitly what David Bruce, who's researched this quite carefully, has called the license to kill. I am beginning to understand that an extreme level of violence is normalized here. And I have to acknowledge that things run on a different set of rules. Well, there's a long history of violence in that part of the country. I mean, it goes yeah. back, I mean, you could trace it back to the 1870s if you wanted to. But um, most people would trace it back to the civil war in the 1980s between Nkata, Zulu nationalist movements, in some respects pro-apartheid and anti-apartheid um, forces formerly linked to the UDF, but ultimately aligned to the ANC. Um, That civil war was brutal. It affected a lot of people. And what's not often acknowledged is that on both sides, 
the people who rose to the top in their respective political organizations were often people who had a capacity for violence, who were good at it, mm. in some cases who had a taste for it. And politics became militarized in a sense. I go back to Sia in Pietermaritzburg and ask him if I can speak to his father, the police officer. I mean, they're a team. He gives me a raised eyebrow and then hands me his number. Okay, so oh, you can give me your number I'll to give, give my them. Number, yeah. That's where we're going to be going in the next episode, to visit the other half of this father and son investigative team. We're going to be talking to Sia's dad and looking deeper into who was involved with Priscilla's assassination at Laduma High. We will hopefully be able to ask him, what is the official status of this investigation? What have the cops been doing? And where is the docket? That is something that will always be with me in my rest of my life. And like I said, I don't know how, but I'm going to try my best to find us who killed me. Mm. I don't know how, me but too. I'm always with that thing. Because yeah. I want to know what happened. This story is a whodunit, but it is also about individuals and a whole community resolving a trauma. I want to dig into who Priscilla was, what she meant to these people, and how her death makes sense in the wider context of violence in KwaZulu-Natal. I am already a long way from Reverend Giddy's Monday morning staff meeting, and I still have plenty more to uncover. You've been listening to episode one of Alibi's second series called Laduma High. This is one of six episodes looking into the brutal assassination of a high school teacher and how after over a year, there has been no arrests. This podcast was written, edited and produced by me, Paul McNally. Thanks to Gavin Haynes, Kyla Hermanson, Jeff Kelly Lowenstein, Tom McNally and Stelz Desoy for their editorial oversight. This episode was mixed by Gwinch Sarame. The music for this series was composed by John Bartman. Finally, we want to thank our publishing partner, Arena Holdings, publishers of the Sunday Times, timeslive.co.za, Business Day, Financial Mail, and the Sowetan, and their head of multimedia, Scott Peter Smith, who supported the project and pulled all the pieces together on their platforms. in the next episode of La Duma High. And then he turned right, yeah? Right at the goat. Yeah, right at the goat. (laughs) (laughs) Please don't go too slowly through here because they'll have been drinking now and it's not going to be very safe. Okay. Um, BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide 
at bp.com slash investing in America.